Welcome to the Daily Business Hustle Podcast. My name is Alexander Vitkin. I'm the creator and founder of the Daily Business Hustle. On this podcast, I share with you my top unbiased business advice, sales advice, and I talk to the world's top experts in their fields related to business. Hi, it's Alexander Vitkin, and I'm here with Sabina, who's a member of the Daily Business Hustle Mastermind, and she's worked in companies that are just startups all the way to 200-person software development companies. She knows service companies from the inside out, and she knows what it takes to take a company like that to 200 employees in terms of project management on operations. Welcome, Sabina. Thank you. So what can we learn from you? What can we learn from how you worked at a startup and how that worked from the inside in terms of project management? And uh, how did it change from that to 50 employees? And how did it change from 50 employees to 200 employees? What are some changes that we can look forward to while we're growing our service businesses and daily business hustle? Yeah, so it depends. So I've worked both in a startup where they have one digital product and they're trying to launch something into the market. So in that case, what's really important besides, you know, getting to first doing user testing because you want to see that you know, there's actually a need for your product out there and that you're not just doing it because you think it's going to be great and then it you throw it out there after you spent months of doing development and building your MVP, which is a minimal viable product, mm -hmm. which means you want to build something that has the least amount of features that is enough to test in the market to get feedback. And then you, can, you might have to pivot, so you might have to change some features once you get feedback from the market, see what they like, see what they don't like. As well as doing this, you have to think about how you're going to retain your users from the start. So a lot of companies think just about, like, how am I going to get the users? Oh, I'm just going to make a big marketing campaign, throw some Facebook ads, whatever it might be. But they don't think about how they're going to retain their users. So people get on, they download the app, they test it, and then they never come back to it again. And then you're spending a lot more money trying to acquire more clients again when you should have, from the beginning, thought about how you're going to acquire, like, retain the users that you have mm -hmm and keep them there longer. So that's more on like if you have a digital product. In terms of agencies, what I've seen in startups is often they'll get like one or two big projects and then they're scrambling to try to get some developers on there. Of course, you can't be throwing a lot of money into the resources, so you might not be able to get the best developers if you're just starting out. So what's really important is to really do proper documentation and proper project management from the start. That means having in place uh, the right communication tools. Maybe your team is working remotely, so that's really important to be on Slack or something similar like this. And also using the right tools for the development. So I recommend using Jira. It's something like Trello, if you're familiar with that, but it takes it to a whole nother level. So for development, you can have different types of tickets like uh, user stories, um, tasks, bugs, and assign them to different people. It moves along the whole process of the sprint or however you're running your development. And this is really important to get started from the beginning because if you wait until the team grows bigger mm -hmm. and you try to implement this, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Right. So let's say that I have, well, Asana is also good, right? Or is it just uh, you prefer Jira? I used to also yeah. work with Jira, but I'm in a 50 person company. It's yeah. more robust, right? For the development, yes, because it allows, you can do, you might have an agency where you have a client that wants a waterfall approach to the development or they want a scrum approach and Jira supports this and it makes it, it kind of gives you some templates that you can use. Uh, if you do it on Asana, it's, yeah, it's not as good for, for keeping track of, of development tasks. Right. So 
what are some other mistakes that you've seen companies made? What have you seen companies do when they want to go from, let's say, three freelancers that the CEO or the owner works with to actually hiring people inside the company to work with uh, with the founder directly? And like, what are some mistakes in terms of team building and assigning projects and having developers work together? Because it's pretty hard to have multiple developers work together, right? Because yep. one full stack developer, okay, if he's really good, he can get a lot of work done. But if you put three together, how don't they, you know, how do they actually work efficiently together instead of uh, bumping heads all the time? It's about having the pipeline set up. So for example, if you're using Jira, you get together at the beginning of the sprint, like the week that you're going to do some tasks and you assign them, you know, you discuss what's what's going to be done that week, what's feasible. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, you might not achieve everything that you wanted to achieve in the week, but as the time goes on and the team is working more and more together, they can see uh, what they're capable of getting done in one week. They can see the strengths and the weaknesses of other people. I mean, usually in a team you have, okay, one guy's the front end developer, one guy's the back end, so it's pretty clear what tasks they need to do, mm -hmm. and then they're held responsible for it. And at the end of the week, you have a review and you look at what's been done, what hasn't been done, what mm -hmm. went wrong, and then trying to improve it in the next sprint or in the next week for the tasks. Right, and would you recommend uh, working with multiple full-stack developers that change roles sometimes from front-end to back-end and so on, or just have uh, specialists that are front-end developers and specialists that are system admins and so on working on projects in a, in a production environment? So I can't really say that as a guideline for each project because mm -hmm. every project is different. What I would really recommend if you're running some kind of development agency and you don't have a tech background, mm -hmm. because I myself am not a developer, so I wouldn't be able to look at a project and say it needs full stack or it needs uh, three Android mm -hmm. developers. What you need is someone who is uh, like a tech person, but also understands project management. And these guys are going to be more expensive, of course, but it's really going to save you because if you're outsourcing to other developers and they give you some app or some website, you don't know how good the code is. All you mm -hmm. can do as, you know, as a normal person is to test it out and see if it works. But what's under the hood could be really bad. I've worked on projects where we outsourced, even as a company, we outsourced to other other agency or another freelancer and then one of our developers looked at it and they're like, you know, mm -hmm. this is complete garbage. Sure, it's working. But once another developer then needs to take it over and add on top of that, it's going to give them like a big headache and it's going to be a lot more work than, than you anticipated. So it's really important to get someone in there that can review the code and review the quality moving forward. And should companies have uh, tech co-founders like CTO co-founders from day one or is it possible to just hire your way out of this problem? I think that depends. I mean, if you have someone that you can trust and, you know, I mean, the best is if you come up with the idea with a tech person, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, well, yeah. yeah, if you can find if you have someone that you can trust and hire them and put them in as CTO, then sure. Otherwise, you need to hire someone. So we're getting we're getting swamped here with like geese, ducks. And I don't know if you can see any of them. Uh, there they are. Nope. Yeah, there they are, actually. So <laughs> hopefully it's not too loud on the video. Uh, who who does who does park videos for for topics like this? I guess I do, right, guys? So let's say we're going from 50 people to 200 people. What are the challenges then? Yeah, so I've worked in a bigger agency where we were around 200 people in different offices and working for clients which are quite big, like uh, multinational companies making billions per year. 
And there it gets, starts to get more complicated because you have usually an account manager, which is the person that's facing the client. Then you have the project manager, which is the one that's managing the whole development team. Usually you have uh, someone who's doing more technical management, so the same role that I mentioned previously. And then you have the developers and the designers. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing in project management is trying to basically manage all of this. So besides keeping the budget and the timeline going, you also have to basically listen to what everyone's saying, like the designers coming up with some ideas, mm -hmm. then the developers saying, I oh, know this is too crazy. They're not like, they're not thinking about, basically you have to be in the middle and think about how it's impact, how each thing or how each person is impacting the project. Because the designer is creating something which they think, oh, this is gonna look cool. This is gonna be really fun inside the app, but not thinking about what this means on the development side. So you have to be in the middle and kind of manage this and try to keep it, you know, try to keep the budget down, but you still wanna create a good product, especially when you're working for such big clients. Mm -hmm. And finally, a slightly unrelated question, but you've decided to quit your job uh, recently. So can, can you tell me what the reason is for that? Like, why did you decide to get into business? So I think project management has taught me a lot about how to manage teams and how to make something run well and how mm -hmm. to not do things as well. Um, in the end, I just was sick of working for a big company and, you know, sitting in all these meetings and feeling like undervalued and I just, felt comfortable enough after a few years of doing this to jump in and, and do my own thing. And I want to have, you mm -hmm. know, to run my own projects, to choose which clients I want to work with, to be a little bit more independent in terms of where I live and when I want to take time off, things like that. All right, this was our show for today. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast if you like it. I'll see you next time. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit vitkin.net. That's V-I-T-K-I-N.net. Thank you for listening to the show and see you next time.